It's the RU Review, sponsored by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio. Rutgers loses at Illinois 38-10, and now they head into the bye week. We have Matt Lachlan on the line to talk about the game and what lies ahead. But first, a word from Zebra Pen. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to Zebra Pen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. Zebra Pen. Find us at your local retailer or online at zebrapen.com. And follow us on social media. And we're back on the RU Review. And from very chilly Calgary, we have uh, Matt Lachlan. I understand there was some snow last night, Matt? Yep, as we landed coming in from Winnipeg, Steve, snow was falling. We had a little light snow falling in Winnipeg as we departed. And uh, chilly, it depends on your definition. It's 8 degrees as we speak. That might be considered cold, but I think maybe here they would consider it chilly. But, uh, yeah, snow on the ground. And when you come to the prairies of Canada and then head on out to the uh, to the western part, get into Alberta, uh, you're expecting this when you get to November. Yeah, so that's seasonal in Calgary, huh? The snow starts probably in October there. Uh, well, not quite that early. You know, like Winnipeg got blasted by some snow about a month ago, but that was a big shock uh, because, you know, leaves are still on the trees and this, that, and the other thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, you get to November, it's, you know, it's cold. You're, you're, you're at a northern latitude, and it starts to get a little chilly. Well, Rutgers football has got on their bye week. Uh, a rough uh, trip to Illinois, Matt. Um, you know, they looked good in the first half, not necessarily in the first quarter. They were down 10-0, but then they battled back. Nice touchdown pass from Langan to, uh, to Jabby, Mohamed Jabby, and they had a field goal. They, t- they go in the half 10-10. And you're thinking, hey, Nunzio Campanelli is making a statement here. This wasn't just an aberration with Liberty. They're going to go and play a, a, a Big Ten team that actually is playing well and looking for a bowl bid. And they're going to take this thing down to the wire. And then the wheels just fell off in the second half. I mean, call it uh, just, you know, bad luck, go, uh, bad play calling. Uh, the, the turnover started. The big plays once again uh, plagued uh, Rutgers in the second half, and it was just an awful second half, 28 nothing for Illinois for a 38-10 final, and a little disheartening because there was a little excitement there. Coming off the win against Liberty, going in at halftime tied, and you thought, hey, is this a different team? But it certainly wasn't in the second half in Illinois. No, their, their confidence is fragile, and they don't have the depth. As I said on last week's show, I could see them giving Illinois a game. They were coming off a win. Uh, That certainly is exciting. You feel good about yourself. Illinois probably overlooking Rutgers a little bit. And even though they are an improved team, they're certainly not among the elite in the Big Ten. And so you would understand that they might not take Rutgers as seriously as they should. And you could really see in your mind's eye the fact that Rutgers would give them a little bit of a game. I didn't think they would win. I thought ultimately... Just about every other Big Ten team has greater talent than Rutgers does. And what happens when you lose, and Rutgers has not just lost this year, but has lost over the last few years, it doesn't take much to turn the worm and you think, here we go again. And yeah, uh, as long as things were going swimmingly well, or at least reasonably so, they were going to give themselves a chance. But once the fumble was returned for a touchdown, and then they fumble right there uh, after, uh, all of a sudden the thoughts of here we go again. And then you look up at the scoreboard and you go, okay, you know, we were in it and now we've got to score more than probably we're really capable. We're not playing Liberty this week and it's on to the bye week uh, as they 
stare at the uh, gauntlet that they'll face once they resume action. And this is a good example of how the program has really fallen, Matt, because, you know, last trip Rutgers took to Champaign, you know, they ran all over uh, Illinois. Uh, granted, it was Gus Edwards who's playing for the Baltimore Ravens now. But, uh, you know, they won the game handily. Then they struggled last year at, in uh, Piscataway. And then again, the second half was just awful uh, this year. So uh, this is where Rutgers is at. Um, you know, in, in terms of Johnny Langan, and, you know, he is playing better and he is playing with more confidence. But you know, I question sometimes if he's being used right. I mean, he, I, I understand that they don't have a lot of options and they're running him a lot. But, Matt, he's not a guy who's going to get out on the edge. You know, he doesn't have that kind of speed. So he's a guy who's got to run between the tackles. And the concern there is, man, I mean, at some point he can get hurt. I mean, he is a big kid. And he's a tough kid, but uh, but they're using him a lot and they're using him to just you know, pretty much run right into the line, and follow his lineman. And, uh, you know, that could get a little risky at some point. And it certainly didn't work in the second half. Well, he's limited, though. He really can't throw the deep ball. Rutgers has been unable to block all season long. Art Sitkowski was a sitting duck in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and when they do block, the passes are overthrown or thrown behind receivers. So look, it's, it's a total mess. I mean, and I, you know, Campanelli will have that one win on his record and kudos to him and good for the kids for beating Liberty. But the reality is they stepped up in class again and they are not in the class of the other big 10 teams. And it does show that two years is a world of difference. You referenced the last time they played in Illinois, but that was a long time ago in college years, not so long in calendar years, but if you don't recruit well, and then, Listen, I'm going to hammer these two kids again. They're just kids, and I get it. But Art Sitkowski and Raheem Blackshear walked out on their team. Mm -hmm. Two of their best players, with their best interest at heart, I understand. They got up when the tough, when the when the waters got rocky. They got into the lifeboat and they said, "Sayonara, see you later, bye bye." And, and that has not helped. But, you know, the kids who are playing, God bless them. They're trying their best. They're giving it their all. They're just undermanned, and they just don't have the talent to stay there. So, you know, add it all up, you know, it's a mess. It's a mess. And even the kids that are there are waiting to see what happens to the head coach. There's not a guy on that roster that believes Nunzio Campanile has a shot at it. There's probably not a guy on the roster who really wants him to have it. Maybe Johnny Langan because – there's a connection there. But honestly, most people on that roster are like, let's just get out of here alive and let's turn the page and see what the new guy will do. Well, let's look at the other side. So it's a terrible, I mean, it's yeah. a terrible situation. And boy, oh boy, the future, and I mean the immediate future with these three games coming up, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, does not look good. Oh, yeah. Well, back to the state of the program. So you're looking on the other sideline there. And, and listen, Lovey Smith was going to get run out of Illinois. I mean, he was not doing the job that they, they thought he would do coming in. And then apparently this year, he really he really turned the corner. So you're thinking, well, you know, Illinois was pretty much the same place Rutgers was two seasons ago. So that's uh, that's the difference. Right. Uh, you know, he was able to at least recruit and get some talent. And now he's got them. He's got them locked in. I mean, Illinois is in a position now. I mean, a win over Northwestern, and they're in a bowl game. And it, it's not an impossible task. Northwestern's not very good this year. Yeah. And it, well, listen, we, we can point out the differences between the two programs 
in the following two statements. Lovey Smith is the Illinois coach. Chris Ash is not the Rutgers coach. <laughs> That's why Ash got fired. And, you know, Smith took a program that has not been historically good, unless you want to go back to the Red Grange days nearly 100 years ago. I mean, not an historically great football program, but he's been able to, you know, work a little magic and, and kind of get some traction there. And again, we said it ad nauseum, and I'll say it again and again and again. That's about what Rutgers needs to aspire to. Pat Hobbs will say all the right things as a leader must. We're looking for a guy who will take us to the Rose Bowl. I understand that. Given the reality of Rutgers' situation, they need to have the occasional Illinois year, the occasional Northwestern year. Heck, even the occasional Minnesota year when things fall right, as they have for the Gophers this year, who face an enormous test against Penn State this weekend. But nonetheless, that can happen. Rose Bowl is a pipe dream. Leader has to say it. You have to put in place the necessary foundational ingredients to get you there. But the reality is Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern, those are the schools that Rutgers needs to be able to get to that level where they can get into a bowl on a somewhat regular basis, however you define that. And once in a while, they'll have a breakthrough year like Minnesota, which will be hard in the East, as we know, because the stars have to align with how difficult the East is. Minnesota can take advantage of a bad West team, uh, West division rather, and then, you know, pick up wins in here. There, not, not to malign the golden Gophers. God bless them. They're doing great. They're undefeated, but those things aligned for Minnesota. They may not align for a team in the East, but you can get the six wins. You can get the seven wins. You go to a bowl game for sure. Absolutely. You're listening to the RU review sponsored by zebra pen. We'll take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. And then we'll be back. We'll talk about what's coming up. Rutgers football. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to ZebraPen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. ZebraPen. Find us at your local retailer or online at zebrapen.com and follow us on social media. All right, we're back on the RU Review sponsored by ZebraPen. We got Matt Lachlan giving us a call from Calgary, chilly Calgary. And uh, Matt, let me tell cold, you. Cold Calgary, my friend. Cold. Uh, cold. It's degrees. Cold. Ch- oh, Chile's not it accurate. Went to nine. Uh-huh. It just went to nine. Sun, uh-huh. The sun's starting to warm things up. Here. I, I got it's you. only 10 o'clock. Give it some uh-huh. time. We might get to 15. Yeah, and you're, you spend a lot of time in Canada, so you're used to this weather, I'm sure. Yeah, you pack for it. And I honestly, I do embrace it a little bit. It's yeah. like, I like the seasons. And the truth be told, I'm not going to spend uh, a lot of time here. We have a day off today. We got a game tomorrow. Then we'll be on to Edmonton, which may which may not be a big improvement. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't have to spend months here. But I I do like the winter. I do like the snow. I do like the fact that it's hockey weather. So yeah, I, I do embrace it. Although, as I said, I don't have to stay here very long. Yeah, but I mean, in the winter, if in February, well, if it's nine degrees now in in November, February must be you must be dealing with uh, with minus temperatures all the time winnipeg is by winnipeg is by far the coldest Mm -hmm. city i have ever been (laughs) in in my life uh the temperature will drop off times you'll be in minus temperature situations 
and the wind just whips through the plains there. I mean, uh, Manitoba, the province it's located in, is inordinately flat, and so the wind just whips with not much to stop it because there's not a lot of people, not a lot of high buildings. Uh, Winnipeg is a town of about 750,000 people, and it's got a downtown, it's got high buildings, but for the most part, the wind just whips through the plains, and you turn a corner, you get smacked by that. Wow, it is, again, it's the coldest place I've ever been in my life. Uh, and yes, it will be cold here in Calgary, much colder than it is today. And with Rutgers football the way it is, we can talk about Canadian uh, weather for the next uh, half an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. We're the Canadian Football League, which uh, is beginning its playoffs oh, really? this weekend. Oh, great. Sure, yeah. Okay. I think Janarian Grant actually made his way to the uh, Canadian League. He's playing for one of those teams. So, uh, uh Hopefully he's going to be in the playoffs. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so what's heating up here in, in New Jersey, Matt, is a, is a lot of discussion about uh, Greg Schiano being the next coach for Rutgers football. And I'm hearing from a lot of different sources. But, you know, you never know. Is, you know, you got these boosters who think they're really close to it. But, you know, they could be just in a negotiation uh, phase right now. But supposedly a discussion was supposed to happen this week. I don't know where they are with it, but in my feeling is, is I, I like the choice of Greg Schiano as, as, as the next head coach for Rutgers. And really where I'm going with it is just credibility. I mean, he's a guy who did turn the program around eventually. Yes, he has a sub 500 record in total with Rutgers. But, you know, at the second half of his uh, of his run with Rutgers was very good. He took Rutgers to bowl games. They won those bowl games. Look, he's a good coach. Understand he left. He left quickly. He left at a bad time, but he got an offer from the NFL. The NFL didn't work out for him, granted. But listen, I mean, he's got a lot of credibility. Not only that, what's bigger credibility, Matt, than four of his former players being on the best team in the NFL, the Patriots, and also Belichick giving him, you know, a, a, a nod. And you, you know Belichick has his back, believes that he's a very good. He, he said that all his football players that came to him were NFL ready. Uh, Greg Schiano's players, that is. And so he has a lot of good things to say about him. He's the best coach on the planet, uh, Bill Belichick, as we know, so that there's credibility there without question. And, and look, um, you know, he he worked under Urban Meyer, one of the best college coaches that ever lived. You've got to believe he learned some things there. And I just think that he can come back and, and, uh, and he can and he can recruit. He's shown that he can recruit and he shows that he can put players in the NFL. And those two things, recruits will look at that. And I look the X's and O's and the and the and the and all his preparation and such uh, could be questioned here and there, like every coach. But I just think that that instant credibility is what Rutgers needs right now. And if he wants to come back and coach, I think it's a good call. But I want to know what your gut is on that, Matt. Well, they did meet uh, this week. Uh, Pat Hobbs and um, uh, Greg Brown met with Chiano in Columbus. Okay. Um, and there's a, a story out today, Steve Politi, our good friend, writing that, according to his sources, Shiano made a big demand uh, among them. And the only one that was publicly stated in the article is that he wants a new indoor practice facility. So all he really needs, he needs the commitment to that. So the question is, as Steve outlines in his story, with Rutgers committing so much money to other facilities at this point, much needed, by the way, mm -hmm. and with Rutgers running a deficit in its athletic program, can Hobbs at this point, can the university at this point make that financial commitment to an indoor facility? What else he's asking for, I don't know. What did P.J. Fleck just sign for? Four point, his extension, $4.5, $4.6 million. 
Yeah, that's going to be a starting point. He was so, rumored in the uh, Florida State. Uh, and it's funny how these these jobs open up and all of a sudden these these ADs are like, let's lock these guys down. Right. So. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and listen, and, and, and Minnesota's eight. No. And mm-hmm. they're ranked in the top twenty five and things are bright in, in, in Minneapolis. But uh, that's that's what Rutgers is facing. So can Greg Schiano get the job done? I think he probably can. Credibility, as you point out, is an awfully important ingredient. And Rutgers is at the bottom of the credibility totem pole, just absolute bottom. So that would be an immediate lift. And the statement that Belichick made about how great a coach Shiano is, that probably gets pasted right inside the Hale Center as all recruits walk in and in the football offices so that they go, wow, Bill Belichick said this. Maybe I should come here and play for this guy. All these guys are ready for the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. And recruiting is the lifeblood of any college program. So there are a lot of things that line up. My only concern is he's been out of the game for a while. He's not old. He's in his early 50s. Matt Brown has shown that you can go home again. Went back to North Carolina. He's done a pretty good job down there after leaving many years ago. So you can return home and have success. Again, it's a power struggle between he and Hobbs. Pat Hobbs can win with this hire, but he doesn't win with this hire because it'll be all Shiano. But I don't know who else is out there. You know, I mean, they interviewed Butch Jones. Does that fire you up? Yeah, with Mike, all that could be just a ruse. Race, we've talked about him mm-hmm. and Jeff Monkin and mm-hmm. Joe Moorhead. Who in New Jersey uh, or who will New Jersey football fans embrace more than Greg Schiano. So in so many ways, it makes sense. But my, there's a gnawing feeling that it is not going to work out. Yeah, but, you know, you, you hire you you um, you uh, talk to Butch Jones. And the reason that is, uh, you know, it's pretty much a ruse. Probably they just want to uh, have a bargaining chip. You also you hire a search uh, firm because you want a bargaining chip. So you're not like, hey, you're our, we have no plan B. It's all you, Greg Schiano. I mean, they're trying to save some money and at least have that bargaining chip. And so I, I but I'd imagine, and we'll see, we'll hear the numbers. I'd imagine he asked for a, a large number on top of wanting that indoor practice facility, but on the indoor practice facility, Matt, he's probably saying, listen, I just came from Ohio state. You want to be successful. You need it. So get it. So um, if he's saying that, then there's obviously a need for it. He's like, listen, I can't be successful without it. You've got to get that going. So, I mean, I, w- I would say that that demanding it is only because it's a necessity, really, to, to be and successful. And I don't think that Pat Hobbs would deny that. I don't think anyone who follows Rutgers would deny that they need to continue to upgrade their facilities. And Pat has done a terrific job of that. You know, the Marco Battaglia uh, complex, he's trying to get – the basketball team, some some new digs. Uh, he's got a lot on his plate because, again, I, I, I can't emphasize it enough, and I know fans don't want to hear it. Rutgers was so far behind its Big Ten brethren. So he's made the commitment. He's gotten donors to buy in and give big money to put Rutgers at a higher level. But there's still a lot to go. And is Rutgers willing? And this is this talks to, you know, if, you, if you're not going to run with the big dog, stay on the porch. Is Rutgers willing to make that commitment even more so financially to get to a higher level? And Chiano, look, he's got all the power right now. I mean, he, he knows what 
you know, we're crazy if you think he doesn't know that the drums are beating for him here in New Jersey. So he's going to put Rutgers' feet to the fire. Another reason why politically, Pat Hobbs may not go for it. These are alpha personalities, type A personalities. And who is going to be the dominant figure as Rutgers moves ahead in the Big Ten? Mm -hmm. Will it be Pat Hobbs or will it be Greg Schiano? And for Hobbs to give that, you name a guy who's given up power to somebody else. It doesn't happen willingly. Right. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered here. And I think Shiano feels comfortable if he doesn't get the job, that there may be another one. I mean, obviously he's, he's turned down the, the new England opportunity. So I'm sure at his age and with his reputation, he could move somewhere else tomorrow. And it may just not be right. Maybe he's using Rutgers as leverage. Like, why would he want to come back here? If you're Greg Shiano, why do you want to come back to Rutgers? I'm going to ask you, Steve, put you in Greg Shiano's shoes. How far does Rutgers have to go to get competitive, playing in the East Division in the Big Ten? How far are they behind? And you're going to come back because... Well, my thought is, and because your concern, of course, and you, you know, you said that it, it may not work out, and you have a feeling it won't work out, and that's because you're just staring at that mountain, which is the Big Ten. But he's been in the Big Ten with Ohio State, and if he feels he could come in and be successful, well, then that's all. That's all part of this thing. Now, does we, he feel that? Now, does we, he feel that? I would. Would think, you feel that if you're Greg Schiano and you just turned down New England, and Bill Belichick said you're the greatest coach? available and you got all my guys ready for the pros and you know the the turnover that occurs both in college football and in the NFL and he may he'll never be an NFL head coach that's for sure he burned that bridge unfortunately with what happened in Tampa Bay but he can be an assistant there's no doubt why would you take the Rutgers job well listen you know what we'll know because if he does take the job then I would think that he believes reasons I'm putting you in his shoes you give me reasons you tell me why to You're Greg Schiano. I'm Pat Hobbs. Hey, guys, let's talk about it. Greg, we need you. You were great here. You elevated us to levels we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, and we think the fan base is energized, and we think you can turn things around here. The job's yours. Do you want it? Now, Greg, tell me why you want it. Because the job wasn't finished when we were in the Big East back then. I went to the NFL. It didn't work out. I know now that I'm a college coach. I went to Ohio State. Uh, I was challenged by Urban Meyer. I, I, I was on the defensive. Uh, I was a defensive coordinator. We had some success. I believe I can come and compete in the Big Ten, and I want my shot to finish this job at Rutgers. Okay, so, that's selling me. Now sell yourself as Greg Schiano. Well, listen, how hard is it going to be to win at Rutgers? Well, look, the, the, the bottom line in is his heart of hearts. He, he, you, as you said, he has seen Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He has seen the other big programs, and he knows what's at Rutgers. But Matt, if he's not running from it, if he's saying, hey, I know I can recruit in the state, I know I can get good players here, and I know I can compete. Now, maybe maybe he does realize Is he saying that? I'm not in his head, but I would think if he took the job, it would be because he believed he can p- compete at oh, the no uh, question. level. He'll believe it, but as he sits down in the quiet of his family room and discusses things with his wife and discusses things with the people who are important to him in terms of his future, his agent, Bill Belichick, et cetera, when they objectively get away from, hey, you'll be back in the game, it's a Big Ten job. And I know coaches, I've said this before in many forms and, and in different sports, coaches are always afraid they won't get the next one. That's why Butch Jones interviewed for it. I mean, he's, yeah. he's an offensive consultant at Alabama, but mm-hmm. he's like, I better get my tail out and get my name out there because people will forget who I am. So I understand that. But in the quiet, when you look at it objectively, take the emotion away, 
Is Greg Schiano going to say, all the cards on the table, this is the financial offer. Let's just say Rutgers commits to get this indoor facility built, which is going to be a lot of money. But okay, they're going to commit to it. They give him a big contract. Now he's got to say, and coaches are confident, but in that quiet moment, is he going to say, I'm going to ruin my image or I'm going to burnish my image at Rutgers? Which is it? And I'm just not sure. Well, I would say that because he he did have success in the past and he comes back, I don't know if, look, we know how bad this, we're just, we talked, you know, for uh, 10 minutes about how, how the, the program has sunk. You know, listen, he's in a, in a position where I, I don't think anybody coming in, I mean, we talked about it with Joe Moorhead. If he were to come in and win six games, they'd erect a statue. So it, it's because it, it's that bad right now. So I, I think that he understands that he does not have to turn it around right away. He's going to have the time. And I think he probably believes that he can get to that six, seven, eight win area, which, by the way, they did in the first year in the Big Ten. Those were his players. And they went eight and five uh, under flood. But those were Shiano's players. And, you know, he probably believes that he can build it up and get to that position where he can win eight games again. So uh, and certainly it's a challenge. Don't coaches want a challenge? I mean, it's a huge challenge, as we said. So I, I think that he's probably made look, look, the money's a big part of it. It's probably getting a big chunk of change. And the fact that he believes that he can get them back to bowl contention without look, are they going to go to the Rose Bowl? He may realistically say, Matt, that's not going to happen for a long, long time. But he, but he probably believes that, just like Lovey Smith is doing right now with Illinois, that he can get them in a position where they can go to bowls. All coaches are optimistic, and all coaches believe they can get the job done. And some do like to push that rock up the hill and just show that it's about them and hard work and chopping wood and all that sort of stuff. So I get why he might want to come back. I also can understand he looks at that schedule and says, can I beat Ohio State? on a regular basis? Can I beat Michigan on a regular basis? Can I beat a resurgent? And they're back where they once were, Penn State, on a regular basis. Am I starting every year off with three losses? I'll manipulate the schedule. We'll beat the Liberties. We'll beat the UMasses. I'll knock off a Boston College. I'm just saying there are reasons why he might just be using this to get his name back out there and find another offer that's more attractive. Uh, That being said, I don't yeah. know if a, team, a, town, uh, a school in the Midwest is going to hire a guy with so much Eastern roots, despite the fact he spent time at Ohio State. So it, it may all work out, but I think there are a lot of impediments to it. I don't think it'll be an easy tra- uh, travel, a uh, road traveled. Uh, I think that politically, from Hobbs' standpoint, power grab, money, investment, and reality may make it that he does not and they cannot come to an agreement. Well, and listen, you know, if uh, he likes Florida, he went down to Tampa once. So, I mean, is Florida State out of the question? Who knows? Who knows what's going on there? So, uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of stones that have to be unturned. And he, here. And he recruited Florida very well when he was yes, at Rutgers. He so he's got contacts down there. He certainly uh, does. And that could help. I mean, yeah. the shame of it is he got ran out of the Tennessee job. And, um, yeah. you know, maybe that that has you know, maybe that has caused him to retrench a little bit himself and sit back and say, listen, I know I can win and I'm a good coach, but you know what? Maybe I'm better going back to where I'm comfortable, where the people know me and where I will be uh, the big fish. I, I don't want to say a small pond because he's in the big 10, but I'll, I'll be the big fish. I'll be the big man on campus. And yeah, it'll be good to be Greg Shiano again because he's been battered since whether it's the failure in Tampa Bay, whether it's, 
getting but losing that Tennessee job because of uh, stories that were written about him and what he did or didn't know while at Penn State. And I think it was a hatchet job. But the fact of the matter is it cost him the gig. Uh, Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, and maybe he's just saying, you know what, big time athletics is for me. And Rutgers is big time athletics. Let me go back to where I'm comfortable as opposed to swimming with sharks elsewhere. Yeah, maybe, man, maybe, maybe he wants to stay maybe home. He's, uh, he's had to come, maybe he's had to come to Jesus moment. Yeah, Jersey's home. Maybe he wants to come home and maybe he believes he can compete. We'll, we'll, we'll know. It's gonna, we're going to find out within a few weeks, certainly. And, and the struggle with Pat Hobbs and Pat Hobbs may feel threatened and all those things are on the table. So there's a lot going on here and we'll, we'll certainly follow it uh, on the site and on RU Review. For sure. And uh, we're coming up on the bye week. So we'll come back next week. We'll talk about the gauntlet coming up. I mean, they got three brutal games coming up and we're just going to have to talk about how they can stay in those games and 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 uh, save face here. Uh, well, while- let me let me let me just jump ahead. Not, they can't. <laughs> well, listen, listen, last year, well, maybe, here- honestly, maybe Michigan State, Michigan State's not uh, an upper echelon team as they have been in the past. They're good. But Ohio State and Penn State, they can't. But last year, they assumed that they were going to get smashed last year, and they actually hung in. They lost all the games, and they weren't really close on any of the games. Well, maybe Michigan State at the end of the year. But they um, but they kind of hung in. They didn't get beat as bad as one thought they would. Again, I think this year I, I'm tending to agree with you that it's going to be really tough to stay in these games. They're really That's how depleted Rutgers, in is, Rutgers is, and it's just the reality. But uh, we'll certainly come back. We'll cover that. Uh, next week. And, and that'll do it for this week's RU Review, sponsored by Zebra Pen. I want to thank Matt for joining us, giving us a phone call all the way from uh, uh, Calgary. And uh, we'll catch you all uh, next week. Check out our site, moresportsnow.com. Of course, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook as well. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye bye.